Let's get ready to rumble! Hello and welcome to another edition of Nothing But Airtime. As always, I'm your host, Cole Rains. We have a fun little show for you today. We're straying away from the hot and cold teams. I touched on all the hot teams on Tuesday with the Tinder Takes, the Love Fest. That was that. If you missed that, go check it out. All the happenings in the NBA are covered. I will get into some news right away. Uh, not a lot of basketball news. Some games were played tonight. Lakers won in overtime. LeBron is loving playing in overtime right now, I guess. That's three nights in a row now, but... As I said, not a lot of basketball news. We'll get into that right away. We had some movie trailers that debuted on Super Bowl Sunday. As always, Thursdays are the media-driven day, so we will have our TV and movie segments, the Motion Picture Minute, and the TV show Treasures. The TV show Treasures, I have some recommendations of the week and this fun hypothetical that will be put out on our Twitter at Nothing But Airtime. Movies, I have recommendations of the week. End of the show on Tuesday, we had the Reddit question of the week that talked about recommending movies to a stranger. So I'm just in the recommending mood today. So I have a couple of movies, a couple of TV shows, fun little hypothetical to round out the show. But for the NBA portion of the show, we have some all-star picks. I will dive a little deep. I won't say too deep into them. I have 10 guys on the roster, my graphic of who I voted for on the NBA.com. If you haven't done so, go do it. That will come out along with the TV show treasure idea on our Twitter. As I said, pretty light NBA show day uh, today. Tuesday was heavy. Thursdays are light. We've done that uh, a couple weeks now. Um, no throwback Thursday either, as we have the TV show treasure graphic that will come out. We'll get into a throwback Thursday next week as we move forward. But as I said, some news, all-star votes, and some two fun segments to round out the show. But before we can get into any of that, a quick word for our friends at Anchor. As always, we want to thank our friends at Anchor for giving us the opportunity to talk about the NBA. As I said, there's not a lot to talk about in the NBA, not many news going on. Lakers won an overtime tonight against the Thunder. But Carl Anthony Towns played a basketball game on Wednesday night, and that is good if you are a Timberwolves fan, if you are a Minnesota uh, fan, if you are a basketball fan in general, because he is one of the young talents that will lead the NBA after we see guys like LeBron James, Kevin Durant, excuse me, LaMarcus Aldridge. There was a tweet put out talking, going through all of the different people getting older, Harden, Kyrie, LeBron, Durant. Aldridge was on there. DeRozan on there. Kyle Lowry's on there. All of them are getting older. Sad sight to see because those are the guys I grew up with, but Carl Anthony Towns is going to be a big piece of the NBA moving forward. He is one of the best shooting centers I have seen as we move into this three-point driven league, stretching the floor as a five is necessary. And we've seen guys like Valanciunas and Jokic start to spread their games out. Towns came in as a pure shooter and has only gotten better. So seeing him back on the floor tonight against the Clippers was exciting as a basketball fan. And you should be excited if you are a Minnesota fan. So I've got on the NBA, I said it's a pretty light, light day for the NBA. We'll get all-star picks in a minute, but uh, the Super Bowl is on Sunday, and I'm not going to talk about the Super Bowl. I'm not a football show. If you want to go listen to a football breakdown, go check out takes from the nosebleeds. Go check out anything from put out by Overtime Heroic. They do a great job breaking down all the happenings in football. Uh, takes from the nosebleeds, another podcast I appear on. 
we talk football, we talk baseball predominantly. So that's a fun one as well if you want any of those takes. But overtime heroic takes from the nosebleeds if you're looking for football breakdowns. I'm not going to do it for you. I'm here for the movie aspects only. And the movie aspect, we had three trailers come out on Super Bowl Sundays. Well, I shouldn't say three. We had more than that. We had Claire Reese and a couple of TV show trailers come out. I'm looking at the movie trailers I'm excited for. And the first one I want to start and dive deep into, not deep so much, but look at in depth is M. Night Shyamalan's Old. It was a creepy trailer. There were kids on a beach and they go behind a rock and the camera cuts away and they come back and they're 40-year-old men and women talking to their parents that are the same age as them. It's kind of this weird time travel age futuristic Benjamin Button type deal we've seen in this trailer that M. Night Shyamalan put up together. This is going to come out in June or July, determine on when movies and whatnot start to open up again. It looks creepy. It's thrilling. It looks like a typical Shyamalan movie. You know, when you watch the Shyamalan signs and the sixth sense, you're always kept on your toes because you know there's going to be that big plot twist. What is the plot twist with old? I had never heard of this movie. When I talked about movies I'm excited for in 2021. It didn't crack the list. I knew Shyamalan was coming out with one. I was intrigued. I didn't know what it was about. I watched the trailer. You have my interest now. I want to go see it. I want, I want it to freak me out for a couple of weeks, the twist that goes along with it. So M. Night Shyamalan's Old was on Sunday, and I'm now adding it to a must-watch movie of 2021. Another must-watch movie of 2021, Eddie Murphy is reprising his role in Coming to America. So this is the second one. So coming the number two to America. It's coming out on Prime Video. Eddie Murphy is back for the highly anticipated sequel. I'm a big fan of the first one. It's highly regarded as one of the better comedies of all time. It shows the culture shock moving into America, going into New York, similar to that Madagascar type deal. The Dictator's kind of a spinoff, more raunchy type genre of this culture shock in America. Coming to America with Eddie Murphy was one of my favorite movies growing up. It was always on Comedy Central. It was always on Spike, which is now Paramount. I always had it on. Eddie Murphy is one of my favorite comedians, one of my favorite actors. And now that they're doing this, bringing this movie back, I'm excited. And the trailer only made me more excited. It Both stars are reprising their roles. I'm interested to see what they have to add into Coming to America I'm expecting it to be funny. I'm expecting it to be funny because it's Eddie Murphy and Eddie Murphy has never let me down before. So coming to America was another trailer that dropped on Sunday and I'm excited for that one as well. And then lastly, uh, the one I'm most anticipating, I spoke on it in the 2021 most anticipated movies, one of the first episodes of this show. If you want to go look at and talk and examine what I'm most anticipating for, it was one of the first weeks of the show. I believe it was the second episode uh, where we looked at most anticipated of 2021 TVs and movies. Um, and number one on that list for movies for me was Fast Furious 9, Fast 9. And we got another trailer. It's a, a little shorter than the first one. It just kind of showed cutscenes of throughout the movie, showed Han being back, showed John Cena as the villain in this movie with Cypher, Charlize Theron's Cypher. It looks exciting. I just... It's my most highly anticipated movie of 2021 because I've watched every one of those in theaters since Tokyo Drift. I always watch them on their own TV. They're very rewatchable movies. They're very action-dominant movies. They're funny movies. Vin Diesel always does a good job. I'm very, very excited for Fast 9. I'm, in I'm excited to see what Cypher has in store. There is no Rock. There is no Jason Statham in this one. So it is just the OG cast of characters with Vin Diesel Tyrese, Han being even back, Ludacris is there. So this should be 
a pretty fun one. Hey, Mia's even back. Jordana Brewster, and so is Letty. So it's going to be a fun one. Fast nine. If you're as into the series as me, I'm sure you are just as excited when you saw that trailer come up on your screen on Sunday. So another trailer for Fast Nine. It's got me even more excited. M. Night Shyamalan's old coming to America and Fast Nine were just a few of the trailers that dropped on Sunday. Those are the ones I'm most looking forward to. If there was another trailer you wanted to watch, let me know. Listen to the episode, tweet at me, DM me, comment on Facebook, Reddit, wherever you found the stream, wherever you found the link to this podcast. I want to hear what you're most excited for, and I want to hear why. I want to get excited for more movies. 2020 was a rough year for movies. I want 2021 to be a good year for movies, so let me know what you're excited for, and I'll jump on that bandwagon with you. After the break, we will get into my all-star picks. I'm just going to warn you, they're a little bit chalk when you're looking at the forward positions of both conferences, but the guard positions might shock you. So we'll get into that here shortly. As I said at the beginning of the show, my all-star picks will be posted to a graphic on our Twitter at nothing but airtime, as well as the TV show Treasure Hypothetical I have in store for you. No throwback Thursday for this week. We're going with the TV show Treasures as... I have a pretty good idea for Throwback Thursdays next week, so stay in tune for that. For my all-star picks, I'm going to go conference by conference. I'm going to go Western Conference guards with some honorable mentions, front court honorable mentions, same with the Eastern Conference. And my first guard for the Western Conference, it has to be Stephen Curry. 29 points a game, almost 30 points a game, and almost six assists nightly, 30 and six nightly. He's leading the Warriors to contend, and we've seen how untalented that roster can be. Draymond was shooting half-court shots. It looked smart in essence. I heard his explanation. It makes sense. It's just that team is in shambles right now. Their starting center rotation is a mess. Kevon Looney, Marquise Chris, James Wiseman all dealing with injury. Kelly Oubre has not been what he was built to be. And Andrew Wiggins has shown flashes. He's pretty streaky. He gets hot sometimes. He's been cold other times. Stephen Curry has been the steady horse of that. He has been the reason why the Warriors are where they're at in the contention right now in the Western Conference. I, If you take them off that Warriors team, they're atrocious, so I have to reward how valuable Stephen Curry is to that Golden State team. He is my first pickup at guard for the Western Conference All-Stars. And my second guard, similar idea. You take them off his team, and they are in the cellar of teams down there with Minnesota, down there with Detroit, and that's Luka Doncic. Luka Doncic is almost having a triple-double, 28 points, 9 assists, 9 rebounds. He deserves lo- love no matter what the success of his team is. I know they got Chris Porzingis back. They're starting to streak a little bit. Maybe that continues. Maybe that'll vault him even more in the all-star voting because it is tightly contested. I have Steph and Luka for my guards, but I could give love to Donovan Mitchell because the Jazz have been so good. I could give love to Damian Lillard because he's in the same boat with Stephen Curry and Luka Doncic where he is carrying a team, and without them on the team, they would be atrocious. I could give love to De'Aaron Fox because he's leading a very, very hot Kings team right now. Any one of those, any two of those five guards, I'm okay with. They're all very deserving. I would love to see De'Aaron Fox get his first all-star bid. I personally think he'd be better suited for a reserve role in the All-Star game. I think Stephen Curry, Donkic, Dame, those three are much more deserving. But Fox and Mitchell have a claim to fame as well. And I think when you look at those four to five guard positions, that's your that's your batch that you should be looking at there. I don't I don't see any other names that stick out. CJ McCollum has been hurt. Paul George is a forward. We'll see where it ends up stacking up, but I 
take either Steph or Luca off their teams and they're atrocious. Their value to their teams is unmatched, and that's why I'm voting. Moving to forwards, it's a little bit chalk, but it makes sense why it's chalk. All, all three are in MVP contention. LeBron James, I don't know what there's left to say. He's absolutely killing it. He's in, I believe it's season eight, 18 of his career. He's at 26, 8, and 8. He's a front runner in the MVP race. He just deserves votes. He is the face of the NBA. He's talking about whether he the NBA should throw an all-star game or not. He undoubtedly deserves to get a top voting, top vote getter position, one or two in the West, because he is the face of the NBA. He is the face of the best team in the NBA. So it makes sense why he's an all-star. Kawhi Leonard is another guy, face of a team that's a top in the West or in, in, in a con, highly contested race with a one seed. He's a big reason why 26 points, five assists, six rebounds has been relatively healthy this year. I know he had a little bit of a COVID scare, but he has not been taking many of those rest days. Um, what was it? The maintenance management days, whatever it was called. He's not taking many of those anymore. Clippers are a much better team than they were last year. They look smoother on the court. Tyron Lue. This, the, the smooth transition of the coaches and the addition of Serge Ibaka, Luke Kennard, guys like that, Kawhi Leonard is the reason why, and, and you can't help but to vote for that guy because he's very well deserving of it. A best player on one of the best teams in the conference, one of the faces of the NBA, one of the top five players in the NBA, and the MVP, he just deserves a vote. I don't, I don't feel the need to explain it anymore. And the last guy, I don't feel the need to explain anymore. I've been giving him love for weeks. I had him on MVP when the Nuggets were in the bottom of the Western Conference playoff race. I have Nikola Jokic as the last front court member. He's at 27 points a game, eight assists, 12 rebounds, almost a triple double, and absolutely carrying the Nuggets right now. I talked to him about it on Million Dollar Moves on Tuesday. I think he's very deserving of the MVP vote. And I had, I was on that early. I was on that in one of the first episodes of this show in beginning of January. He is deserving of an MVP. He's very well deserving of the starting center position in the all-star game as well. Honorable mentions. I have two. Christian Wood has stood out to me. He's most improved player. Uh, his team has not had much success. It's been up and down with now you don't have James Harden there and they're not getting much media attention now that James Harden is gone. But Christian Wood has stayed steady. I know he's got an injury right now, but he gets he should be garnering votes for that forward position as well as Paul George should too. I mean, you look at Paul George's numbers, he has been leaps and bounds better than what we saw in the bubble. Now it's all a matter of postseason with George, playoff P as we like to call him, but his his regular season numbers are staggering and he should be getting votes too. Heading over to the Eastern Conference, excuse me, Western Conference starters, Stephen Curry, Luka Doncic, LeBron James, Kawhi Leonard, and Nikola Jokic, with honorable mentions to De'Aaron Fox, Donovan Mitchell, Damian Lillard, Paul George, and Christian Wood. Heading over to the Eastern Conference, my first guard, he is the leader of a competitive Hawks team, and it's similar to Steph with the Warriors where the team goes when he goes. I'm going with Trey Young. Um, 27 points, 10 assists a game. The Hawks are not. Uh, contender in the Eastern Conference by any means. They've dealt with injury. I, I've talked on them thoroughly. I mean, you don't have Bogdanovich, Gallinari. Uh, Rondo's been hit or miss. Chris Dunn has been hit or miss. Capella's just getting back from injury, playing very solid ball, I made add. But he is deserving of an all-star spot. The guard position is highly contested right now. But as it is in the West, I should say. But and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to vote on the same grounds 
for the guard position in the East as I did with the West. If you take them off their team, what does it look like? And if you take Trey Young off the Atlanta Hawks team, it's a miserable team. They aren't a playoff team. They're probably down there with the Pistons, Wizards. And and Trey Young is more than deserving of that. I mean, as I said, 27 points, 10 assists a game. And lost a competitive one to the Hawks tonight. Hit 15, or not the Hawks, the Mavericks tonight. Hit 15, 15 assists, 25 points. He's going to give you every night. He, he'll be an entertaining guy to watch in the All-Star game, pulling from the logo. The shooting between him and Steph will be all-time if the All-Star game is played. So I, I'm voting for Trey Young because I think it's, one, deserving, and two, exciting. I think he's a young star that needs more shine and, and becoming an All-Star alongside of his draft partner, Luka Doncic, where they were traded for one another. I think that's a fun story. I think him and Steph and Curry, that torch, I don't want to say being passed, but that similar game, play style, those two pulling from the logos in the All-Star game. It's just a lot of fun. I want to see it. I think Trey Young is deserving of a starting All-Star spot. The other guy, I don't like all the trade rumors. I don't like how I've seen him handle the trade rumors, but 32.5 rebounds and five assists are All-Star numbers, and that's Bradley Beal. Similar, you take him off the Wizards, the Wizards are a putrid, putrid team. I don't know if they have a win without Bradley Beal on the Wizards. I don't like how he's handled any of it. I've spoke on that. I, I've been an athlete my entire life. If I had a guy, if I had a star player handling it like that, I, I, I know how I'd feel personally. We're voting for statistics. He is a young star in the game. Hopefully is traded. I know that's what the, it feels like Beal wants. I don't know. Beal's given off a lot of missed messages. No matter the messages, Beal's an all-star. A starting all-star at that is – that's a little more highly contested because you guys got, like, my honorable mention, Zach Levine, who's in a similar state as Bradley Beal. Jalen Brown deserves some love, definitely, at that guard position. He has taken another step forward this year. Kyrie Irving's another guy. James Harden, albeit he's been in the East uh, shorter than a lot of these guys, he still should garner some votes as well. But my starters are Trey Young and Bradley Beal for the sole fact that they'll be lighting it up from three-point land. Maybe future Atlanta teammates, who knows? We'll see where Beal ends up. My forwards are chalkiest of the chalk here. Kevin Durant, Giannis Antetokounmpo. I mean, I know Durant's out right now. He's averaging almost 30 points a game, five assists and seven rebounds. Been arguably the second best player, maybe the best player when he's on the floor. You, you can't have an all-star game without KD. He's getting votes. And the Greek freak, it's chalk, but it's the right pick. 27.6 assists, 11 rebounds, MVP candidate. Talk about if you take him off a team, what that team looks like. You take Giannis off the Bucks. who knows if they're a playoff team. They're a top contender in the East, and the Greek freak is why. So both those guys, it's chalk, but it's the right pick. I don't care what you say. And Joe Albeads, another chalk pick. He's got MVP-level numbers, though, and he's playing on the best team in the Eastern Conference, 29 points 11 rebounds one of the best defensive centers in the nba he needs to be an all-star need to see that and be jokic center position battle in the all-star game honorable mentions here i have five i have gordon hayward who has stepped his game up since going to charlotte i have jeremy grant who is a guy that has taken a huge step forward in detroit now that he has opportunity and that volume is going up nikola vukovic is a guy that has been a steady hand in orlando and what has been an absolute horrible team this year injuries have ravaged them and you look at defensive numbers they have not been great but Vukovic is still giving you almost 20 and 10 every night Julius Randle similar spot as Gordon Hayward he went to the Knicks I believe it was last year 
He showed some promise last year. He's taken another step forward under Thibodeau. I've talked about my concerns with the amount of minutes he plays, but the numbers are staggering. He definitely should garner some all-star votes. And lastly, Jason Tatum can't have an all-star game without one of the youngest, brightest stars in today's NBA. Him and Jalen are both deserving. I think the Celtics should be able to send two. They have been a top three team in the Eastern Conference since this season has started. And Jalen Brown stepped forward and Jason Tatum, Jason Tatum's star power those two absolutely deserve maybe reserve roles in the NBA All-Star game. Who knows if this is going to happen? As I said, LeBron is speaking out about it. But my rosters look like this. In the West, I have Curry, Luka, LeBron, Kawhi, and Joker, with some honorable mentions to Fox, Mitchell, Dame, Christian Wood, and Paul George. In the East, I've got Trey Young and Bradley Beal, with honorable mentions to Zach Levine, Jalen Brown, Kyrie Irving, and James Harden. Forwards, I have Kevin Durant and Giannis. Center, I have Joe Allen B with honorable mentions to Gordon Hayward, Jeremy Grant, Nikola Vukovic, Julius Randle, and Jason Tatum. As I said, the graphic will be up on our Twitter along with the show, so be on the lookout for that. I want to hear what you guys have. Um, I know you want to vote for the hometown guy. Try to put all biases aside. Pick your best 10, the 10 best at their positions this year. So at nothing but airtime, N-O-T-H-I-N-B-T-A-I-R-T-I-M-E. Tell me who you got, 10 best players, all-star ready for this game that is supposed to happen. I've got my fingers crossed. Next up, we've got TV show treasures. We have a fun hypothetical and three TV show recommendations. And then we'll round out the show with some movie recommendations of the week. Before we get into the fictional family, TV show family, hypothetical, I have three TV show recommendations of the week. All are on Hulu if you are interested. Number one is Framing Britney Spears. Very interesting story on Hulu. It follows her downfall, looks at if Justin Timberlake is to blame, who is to blame for the reason that she has had to been put into a conservatorship. Her conservatorship is her case is back in court now. It follows the steps of that have led up to that. Very interesting story. Very interesting docu-series about one of the brightest stars in the late 90s and early 2000s. Her downfall and what has come out of that downfall. So be sure to go check out Framing Britney Spears. Next up, um, it's a show I recently have gotten into. Fun little comedy. If you're into those little comedy sitcoms that are kind of about nothing. Uh, looking at It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, one of my favorites. Seinfeld's another one of my favorites. Letter Kenny, I just started watching. It's, a, it's got great, great humor. It's on Hulu. Uh, Canadian show, little dry at times, I'm not going to lie. But the humor, the, the storylines, the characters are what make it for me. Uh, kind of a show about nothing, as I said, pretty comparable to It's Always Sunny and Seinfeld. Canadian twist on it. It's a show in Canada about this town that has about 5,000 people, hicks, goths, drug dealers, hockey players, all of the above. They, they follow the lives of them. The intertwinings of their plots of them are entertaining. So be sure to go check out Letter Kenny. And lastly, I've spoke on it on Twitter. Freaks and Geeks is back on Hulu. It's a quirky high school comedy sitcom. It's got an absolute loaded cast and it's got an even better soundtrack um the cast includes linda cardinelli i believe it's dave franco the older franco jason siegel seth rogan it's one season 18 episodes the episodes are 45 minutes but it is worth the watch it's got the quirkiness that is high school 
being a freshman, being a senior, trying to be, I mean, Linda Cardinale is the main character. It's her trying to focus on school, but also fit in with the cool kids that are smoking cigarettes out on the during lunchtime. It's funny. It, it, it kind of gives you those high school vibes again. So go check out Freaks and Geeks, the three TV show Rex, Framing Britney Spears, Letter Kenny, and Freaks and Geeks. Those are my recommendations of the week to you guys. Now, my pick five for 15 family to live in 2021 with. Now, these are TV show characters, and this graphic will come out on our Twitter page Thursday with the show. At the $5, you have to pick a dad, a mom, a brother, a sister, and a pet. I wanted to say dog, but there's it's a pet. In the $5 region, the dad is Randy Marsh. The mom is Kitty Foreman from that 70s show. The brother is Bart Simpson. The sister is Arya Stark from Game of Thrones. And the pet is Scooby-Doo. $4, you have Homer, Marge, Charlie Kelly, Rachel from Friends, and Snoopy. From Charlie Brown, $3 Peter Griffin from Family Guy, Leslie Nope from Parks and Recreation, Jake Peralta from Brooklyn Nine-Nine, Lisa Simpson from The Simpsons, and Brian Griffin from Family Guy, $2 Frank Reynolds from It's Always Sunny, Elaine from Seinfeld is the mother, Nick, Nick Miller is the brother, 11 from Stranger Things is the sister, and Santa's Little Helper from The Simpsons is the pet at the $2 range, and then the $1 content, uh, go from Ron Swanson from Parks and Recreation, Cersei Lannister from Game of Thrones, Joffrey Lannister from Game of Thrones, Meg from Family Guy, and Dino from The Flintstones. Now, my five, I picked the $5 dad, Randy Marsh, the $1 mom, Cersei Lannister, the $4 brother, Charlie Kelly, the $2 sister, Eleven from Stranger Things, and the $3 pet, Brian Griffin. My woman are in power. Eleven is a damn near superhero, and Cersei Lannister is one of the greatest leaders in Game of Thrones. Randy, Charlie, and Brian would be an amazing trio to watch. It's a dog that talks. Charlie Kelly, that is an absolute enigma of a character on It's Always Sunny. And Randy Marsh, which is one of the best TV show dads of all time out in South Park, Colorado. The, the amount of dumb, absolute crazy stunts and, and subplots that would come out of Randy Marsh and Charlie Kelly would make for an awesome, awesome dad and brother combination. Cersei Lannister and Charlie Kelly would be awesome trying to rule the world together. Mom, queen and prince. Randy with a daughter that has superpowers is pretty, is an awesome subplot. Brian Griffin, just having a dog that talks and can have a beer with you is pretty cool. There are so many options that you could go with here. I personally think my five would be a lot of fun, but tweet me your five because it, I'm just looking through the list. Frank Reynolds and, and Kitty Foreman is an awesome mom and dad. Frank is a little unorthodox. You might get drunk on the job one day, but him and Kitty would just be funny. They would be super lighthearted and, and would want to have a fun time with you. I, I like that duo as a $2, $5 mixture. Ron and Cersei would be another one, both $1 dad and mom. They won't put up with anything. Both are want to be in supreme power. But I just, you know, you want those powerful mom and dad and, and look no further than the queen herself, Cersei Lannister. Um, Nick Miller from New Girl, uh, putting him with Peter Griffin, that's a lot of fun. 
both of them are pretty interesting characters. Throw Brian Griffin in there as well. Nick Miller and Brian Griffin are both writers. They could maybe write a book together, get drunk, write a story. That trio would be a little interesting. Jake Peralta with Homer Simpson would be pretty fun. Homer could play cop for a day with his son, Jake Peralta. They'd have the one-liners. They'd have the movie references. That'd be a lot of fun. Arya Stark from Game of Thrones, the many-faced killer. Putting her with a dinosaur, Dino from the Flintstones, that would be a pretty ultimate pairing. You'd have a killer of a sister. I think that one would be pretty cool. And personally, everyone hating Joffrey and Meg would kind of be fun television. It would get old after a minute, but Joffrey, Lannister, and Meg Griffin from Family Guy, they might hate each other. Everyone will hate them as well. They're probably two of the most, I wouldn't say hated. I mean, Meg kind of gets sympathy because the family hates her and family guy. But the the amount of hatred from both the dad and mom would give them, both of them being a dollar options, you could pay up a little bit for the dad, mom, and pet, I should say. Pretty good there. Jake Peralta with Scooby-Doo is another one. You get the super sleuth with a, a, a detective. Charlie Kelly with a dinosaur would be pretty entertaining television. Bart Simpson with Brian Griffin would be pretty entertaining television. Granted, we have seen a Simpsons Family Guy crossover. Obviously, you could just go straight up. Simpsons, Homer, and Marge are both $4. You could take their dog at 2 There are so many different options here. Elaine from Seinfeld would make an awesome, awesome mother. We've seen her at weddings partying up. She's just a lovable, lovable character on one of the greatest sitcoms of all time. She would make for a pretty good mom. Leslie Nope might be a little overbearing, but she would be there every game. She would be an awesome, caring mom. And then obviously Kitty Foreman is the mom of moms when you're talking about TV show moms, along with Marge Simpson. Brother-wise, as I said, Joffrey's a mess. Nick Miller would be a little bit of fun. Jake Peralta would be a little fun. I personally like Jake, uh, Jake Peralta or Charlie Kelly here. Sisters, Arya Stark, Rachel. Arya's going to kill Rachel. I, who knows? It's Jennifer... Jennifer Aniston, she's attractive. Is that what you want in your sister? Who knows? Lisa Simpson, obviously you have to have her on the list. Eleven from Stranger Things. Having a sister with powers would be pretty awesome. I'm not going to go through every pick here. I think there are so many different subplots you can get. So I'm going to just ask you, the listeners, you, the followers of me on Twitter, you, the guys that comment on all of my Reddit posts, give me your five and give me a, a typical subplot that would have for me, I said, if you put Nick Miller with Brian Griffin, maybe they write. Give me something like that. Give me a pairing and a subplot that an episode might include with your TV show family to live with in 2021. So my pick five for $15 family to live with in 2021 is all TV show characters. As I said, my five is Randy Marsh, Cersei, Charlie Kelly, Eleven, and Brian Griffin. I want to hear your five on Twitter tomorrow. Well, today is Thursday. Excuse me. Go check out the graphic. Go comment on the graphic. Lot of fun, as I said, takes the place of throwback Thursday today. So pick five for 15. Can't wait to hear from you all. After the break, I have nine movie recommendations, all of which are on Netflix. So stay tuned for that. Closing out the show, I've got nine movie recommendations, all on Netflix. And the first movie recommendation, they were on the Making the Stranger Laugh. That was one of my answers for the Reddit question of the week on Tuesday. It is super bad. It is on Netflix. First off, if you haven't seen it, I'm just going to ask you, what do you think is funny? Um, it is a very raunchy movie. Jonah Hill is quite hilarious in this movie, in my opinion. 
If you want to laugh, turn it on. Some all-time one-liners, Emma Stone, Jonah Hill, Michael Sarah. You've got McLovin in there getting fake IDs, Seth Rogen, Bill Hader. All-time, one of my favorite comedies, one of the world's favorite comedies. Superbad is on Netflix. Go check it out before Netflix takes it off. Next up, I have a trio of movies all on Netflix. They were just put back on Netflix. I have Ocean's 11, 12, and 13. They're great heist movies. Leave you on the edge of your seat. Brad Pitt, George Clooney, need I say more? Uh, awesome twists, awesome heist plots. They make me think I can go out and steal a bank, or excuse me, steal money from a bank or steal money from a casino, steal jewelry from a casino. They draw up that plot so pitch clear, so perfect. And it, it makes me want to, as I said, it makes me want to go rob a casino having no skills whatsoever in that forte watching Brad Pitt and George Clooney devise a plan with an all-time cast that includes Matt Damon, Bernie Mac, or it might be Cedric, Cedric, the entertainer. I get those two confused, but all time plot, all three, I should say are all time plots. I mean, most of the heist movies are based off of those three. Go watch the original three. It's an awesome trio. They're a little bit on the longer side, but they're all on Netflix and you've got a weekend ahead of you. So if you don't have anything, Ocean's 11, 12, and 13, and thank me later. Another, I wouldn't say this is a back to the super bad type movie here, the dumb comedy that's going to make you laugh. I have Beverly Hills Ninja. It might not be the highest quality movie, but it's Chris Farley at his best. He's fighting crime, kind of like a Kung Fu Panda style crime, I should say, with Chris Rock. And it's just going to make you laugh. Chris Farley, Chris Rock. It's funny. Hey, Chris Farley on SNL, Chris Farley and Tommy Boy, you know, he, Beverly Hills Ninja kind of gets lost in the shuffle a little bit. And if you haven't seen any Chris Farley work, this might not be the first movie you want to watch. You might want to go check out Tommy Boy first. That's him at his best, I'd say. But if you have and you haven't heard of this movie, go check it out. It's it's funny. I mean, you you talk about two of the all-time comedians, Chris Rock, Chris Farley, together. Beverly Hills Ninja is worth the watch. It's on Netflix. It was just put on Netflix. Go check it out. A new release, Outside the Wire, Anthony Mackie. It's got this little Terminator type AI action movie. It's gonna, it's gonna, it's loaded with exciting scenes and action and explosions. It's got an interesting plot near the plot twist near the end. Um, it's certainly gonna keep you on the edge of your feet. So it's just sit back, enjoy the ride, eat some popcorn while you're at it. It's it's not one for, I won't say it's not one for the faint of heart because it's not really gory or by any means. It's just a lot of action. And if that's not your flavor, I totally understand. But uh, if it is, I'd say go check it out. It was just released uh, in the last few weeks. Anthony Mackie does a great job in these type of movies. He, he started with looking at some of the Marvel movies. He is Falcon in those. And he's kind of got a, a knack for these type of movies right now. And you like the Marvel movies, if you liked it, what you saw out of him and Captain America, please, please go check out Outside the Wire. I was enthralled by that movie. The plot twist at the end left me, I wouldn't say left my jaw dropped. It was not a, I wouldn't say it's not an Inception or, or old boy level plot twist. Throwing it back to Tuesday, read a question of the week talking about jaw dropping, mind blow, blowing plot twist. But it is certainly a plot twist and it's something that was hard to predict. So Outside the Wire, just released on Netflix. Anthony Mackie does this little Terminator-type deal, and go check it out. Um, another action movie I have, I have Homefront with Jason Statham. 
Uh, Jason Statham's always going to give you an exciting performance in an action film, whether it be the new Fast and Furious, Hobbs and Shaw, uh, Transporter, he does a great job in, The Mechanic, he does a great job in. Homefront is a little heavy on the action and a little heavy on the drug usage. Not for the faint of heart, definitely. Uh, talking about kids getting kidnapped and, and whatnot. But if you're in for those thrill rides, if you're in for those, uh, I wouldn't say like a revenge plot type deal, Homefront might be your movie. Uh, he's, he's, he's an ex-DEA agent. He's in a small town trying to move away from what his past life was with the DEA. Uh, now he's trying to stop a meth-making drug dealer. A uh, little heavy, as I said, not for the faint of heart. Go check out Homefront if that sounds interesting to you. I personally liked it. Um, that's kind of my up my alley a little bit, those revenge plots. I love the Equalizer. I was interested to see what the Equalizer TV show on CBS would look like. I did not get a chance to watch the first episode. Don't know spoilers if you have seen it, but Homefront is is up there for good revenge plot movies. And I, I think if if that fits your flavor, if that is what you're looking for in a film, go check it out. Uh, Jason Satan is always pretty good in those. Snowden is another one. This is not action. This is not comedy. This is a Hollywooded up true story about Edward Snowden. If you do not know who Edward Snowden is, he was a former governmental worker. He had classified information. He leaked it. Um, Joseph Gordon Levitt plays him. It's a little slow at times, but the story alone, knowing that it's a true story, the the amount of work that was put into it on Snowden's part, it leaves you thinking. You know, I, I, is it? I don't know if he's the bad guy. It, you got you got to watch the film i don't want to spoil it for you guys but it, it's a thinker and it's going to leave you thinking about what this guy did and if it was truly a truly a bad thing worth the time he did so go check out snowden it is also on netflix and lastly another movie that was just recently put out on netflix bleed for this miles teller does an absolute incredible job playing vinnie pal pal pavia vinnie pazienza excuse me frog in my throat there He's a boxer. Uh, it's another true story. He was a boxer that shot to start him after a couple of big wins and a couple of big boxing wins, only to fall back down after a debilitating car wreck. He, he Doctors tell him he's not going to get back to the ring. He's got to take it easy with his life. And about a year or so later, uh, he gets back in the ring. Uh, it's cleared. I wouldn't say clear is the right word, but he's allowed to fight again, and he wants to do it. Uh, it's a great story of Will and the humor, human spirit. It's no Rocky um, for certain, but you, you talk about a uplifting movie that's going to make you feel good and want to make you run through a wall. Bleed for this is an awesome, awesome movie to go check out if you're into those Rocky Creed type films. So nine movie wrecks, super bad oceans, 11, 12, and 13 Beverly Hills, Ninja outside the wire, which is a new movie released in 2021 Homefront, Snowden, and Bleed for This. If you have any movie recommendations on Netflix, Hulu, or Amazon Prime, feel free. Give me a shout. I will absolutely watch them. I'm always in need for a good movie. That concludes our show today. A little light uh, all-star picks with some fun TV show family hypothetical and some and some recommendations, of course. It is Thursday, and in and, and the spirit of what the question was on Tuesday, I wanted to talk through some of the better stuff I have watched recently. So as I said, light show, uh, all-star picks. If you like them, tweet at me. If you dislike them, tweet at me. I'm open. I'm open for discussion. That's it from me today. I hope you all have a good Thursday and a good rest of your weekend.